This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Aloha, y'all. This is Daniel Eisenman, the host of the Breaking Normal podcast, where my guests are all invited based on the frequency of synchronicity, all done in person, and all trailblazers and the breaking of all things normal. Aloha, y'all. Happy October 20th. I'm sitting here with the own baby, my divine daughter, who probably means more to me than any other person if I was going to be judgmental. How are you doing today, Davina? She's eating some of the Purium popcorn. If you want to get those Purium superfoods, man, what an epic, what an epic company brand and all these different products. I really love the Can't Beat This, the Power Shake, the Apothecary, the Biomedic. You can personally message me at daniel at breakingnormal.com and or Instagram message me and I'll get you set up with these superfoods. And one of the superfoods that Purium does not have is animal-based nutrition. And that's one of the reasons I'm creating the product that I am Tribe Vitamins. The very first product of the brand Tribe Vitamins will be 100% grass-fed and grass-finished desiccated freeze-dried bison liver so that you can microdose on the most powerful whole food supplement, arguably known to man. It's arguably the supplement before supplements from the largest mammal on American grounds, the American bison. If you are into organ supplements or if you don't know anything about organ supplements, listen to the most recent podcast with Joe Rogan and Paul Saladino. They spend three hours pretty much discussing different organ supplements, broccoli greens, which my roommate does, um, elk, bison. It's so relevant. So if you want to learn more from them, go ahead and check that episode out. Yes, baby. What's up? What is it that you love to do with me, baby? Okay, so Davina loves to go to the park with me. She loves to go to the river. She loves to play in the sandbox. She loves to go hang out with friends. She loves to watch movies with me at bed. And actually, we have a podcast coming out soon, Davina. We did three different interviews, and we're going to batch those into one episode. So make sure you go ahead and subscribe so you're notified of that episode and all future episodes. We're almost at episode number 100. And um, we're actually filming this intro live on Facebook, and someone asked me what's the benefits. Well, uh, bison liver is arguably it has the most bioavailable vitamin A, also known as retinol, in the bioavailable animal form. Loads of heme iron, loads of a variety of B vitamins, zinc. She wants me to slow down. So if y'all want to learn more, just go ahead and search tribe vitamins on Kickstarter, and I explain it there. And if you want a slide deck, I put together one of those two days ago. Because we are looking to source as much supply as possible. And I am willing to give up maybe up to 7% equity to guarantee this initial supply because they only harvest these grass-finished bison in October, November, December mostly. Uh, 90 plus percent of bison are grain-finished, and I don't think many people know that. So we are arguably creating and launching the most powerful, pure, quality organ supplement on the market. All the other ones that you can find are either based in beef and there is one other buffalo liver, but they used a grain-finished bison, and they add unnecessary ingredients like magnesium stearate. So if you want the real deal, go ahead and pre-order your bottle now before the price goes up when it gets on Amazon and Shopify in the future. I'm pretty certain that's what's going to happen. And I totally appreciate you all tuning into this podcast. Enjoy the interview with my friend Gene Hugh from Pion Vans. He has dropped his corporate job and now is living nomadically in his van as his office. What's up, baby?
There's a lot of people giving you a lot of hearts, huh? Davina loves hearts, so if you're watching this on Facebook Live, go ahead and press the heart button and click the link to the Kickstarter Tribe Vitamins. Yes, baby? I know. You're so beautiful. Do you want to tell anybody before we press stop on this? Do you want to tell them anything, like what you're so thankful for? Who's giving Davina those hearts? She wants to know. I think some friends on Facebook. Do you want to tell them what you're thankful for before we uh, transition this to the Gene episode? Say thankful with me. Okay. I'm so thankful how you are doing this podcast. Oh, baby. I'm so thankful for how much you love the popcorn I make you. I'm so thankful for how you love to cuddle at night when you wake me up in the middle of the night Daddy, and you say, Daddy, can I, you cuddle me? What's up, Isaiah? You got to check out the Tribe Vitamins. I think we can team up with that. And if you're interested in giving an affiliate link and promoting this once we get it on Shopify and Amazon and you believe in the power of bison and the power of liver, um, then definitely check this out. I mean, Joe Rogan even quoted the Weston A. Price who studied this tribe in Africa who believes that the, the liver is the home of the soul and a man's soul is correlated, the power of his soul is correlated with how many different animal livers he eats. So this stuff goes way back before there was ever a dietary supplement industry and I'm looking to go back to the roots because right now I think we're in a bit of current, current cultural chaos and I think it's important to remember who we are. Anything else to say, Davina, before we transition to Gene? All right, aloha. Much love, y'all. Enjoy the episode. Feel free to leave your review on iTunes, and I'd love to hear from you. And if you want to be a guest on the show or if you know of any good guests or anyone you want me to interview, always reach out. I love using these social media sites to make more friends, some of my best friends. Actually, Davina, that's how you came because your mom came to our retreat in September 2012, and then about six years later, you came out. So I'm so, I'm so thankful you're here, baby. Can I get a little kissy and then we'll say hello to Jean? Enjoy the episode, y'all. And, and look out for Davina's coming soon. <laughs> Whoa! That knocked the head off. That headset that off was... Uh, that knocked the headset off. That was so powerful. All right, y'all. Enjoy this episode. Stay in touch. Keep breaking normal. Peace in. Much love. All right. Hey, y'all. Hey, what's up? I'm here with Gene Hugh. And uh, he has a, web, a website called pionvans.com. Mm-hmm. P-Y-O-N-Vans.com. Mm-hmm. I'm actually sitting in his house right now. Welcome or, to my abode. Um, and it's actually a, a house on wheels. <laughs> it's uh-huh. a, a, um, a Ford converted van, is that correct? Yeah, it's a Ford Transit high roof extended wheelbase. Pretty much the biggest Ford Transit you can get. Okay, yeah. beautiful. And um, it's interesting, you know, as many of y'all may know, maybe you don't, this is your first time listening, but the schedule of the podcast is uh, synchronicity. And uh, with the creative constraint, they're done in person mm-hmm. with this headset on because audio. I mean, when I listen to a podcast or an audiobook, audio is key. Mm-hmm. So my aim is to have quality audio, audio. If someone's ever having an issue with that, let us know. And um, one day, probably about two months ago, I was at the river at Eben G. Fine Park for my Boulder locals. Recently saw a bear there a few days ago. I think that oh. was pretty rare. I think that was pretty breaking normal. Um, but that day, two months ago, I was doing my breath work 
and five minutes in the 55 degree water and and uh i had this realization i'm like oh i'm gonna go um to the van conversion place i'm gonna go to the van conversion place and inquire about some sort of partnership because i'm interested in this and sure enough when i was going to my car um I see this converted van, actually two converted vans right next uh -huh. to each other. But there's one where this guy, the door's open and there's someone sitting in there. And I had this moment where I was like, ah, Daniel, you're just looking too much. Like I almost rational, I almost used rational lies to talk myself out of approaching this synchronicity. But I'm like, wait a minute, Daniel, synchronicity and a half right here. Let's just go inquire. And sure enough, you were in the van, very welcoming, telling me what you were doing. And I didn't go to the van conversion place because I felt like that's what I was supposed to do. When I, when I realized where, where I was at in, the van, in this converted van that looks very much like I imagined an ideal converted van to look, I was like, I'm going to look farther. And we've got some coffee. We have continued uh -huh. being in connection and communication, talking cryptocurrencies and supplements and van life and breaking normal and beyond. A lot of subjects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you remember that initial uh, meeting? And what what is your answer for someone that may come into your van tomorrow and ask, what are you doing? Um. So I would say that ever since I left Chicago around two months ago, like a month and a half, two months, life has been a series of just crazy synchronicities vortexes people lining up meeting the best coolest people in the craziest places and it's just all linked together because i feel like boulder is just one big spiritual open free-spirited adventurous community and um i'd say that being in this van um you know i was in corporate america for a little bit i can go to more detail a little bit later if you want but like man those people are miserable these people are clearing easy six figures like you know they're cornered office downtown big skyscraper and uh everyone above me in my company just seemed so fucking miserable i'm sorry can i is that like f-bomb hey man this is breaking normal yeah all right whatever you want right, cool <laughs> i mean there it, it's kind of to help people consider the difference or the similarity between like rule makers and rule breakers uh -huh. and are the people that are making rules making those so the masses follow them and so that they can break them themselves yeah that's another conversation maybe but yeah i yeah. always think it's better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission and on top of that i feel like rules are more like guidelines it's just some idea that some guy or woman had that they put out into the world and then everyone just decided that that's reality but anyways <laughs> So, uh, corporate America, um, you know, I was making pretty good money, like really good money for a person my age. And I remember going downtown, like I used to longboard downtown, um, and I'd be like the only person like going like six miles one way on a longboard. And like every, like literally like when I started, there was no one longboarding to Chicago at work. But then like the booster boards came out and like became a thing. Uh, but, uh. I'd be going downtown, and when I'm not longboarding, I go to the CTA, which is the train station system in Chicago. And you would have cars packed, hundreds of people, just like, you know, shoulder to shoulder. And there's all these people in there, but 
not a single person would talk the entire time. They would just look down on their phone. They look glassy-eyed, stare into the distance. And it really reminded me of just like a slaughterhouse, just like a bunch of cows being shuttled off to the, to the slaughterhouse with no choice. <laughs> and I was just like, dude, there's no way that this is going to be the next 20 years of my life. Fuck that. Fuck this. And um, really, there was really no one in my company that I looked up to. Like Everyone just seemed like, yeah, like maybe they got it made like financially, but like were they happy? No. They were all miserable. So, uh, I mean, I can go into this a little bit more, but through a series of weird synchronicities, van life became the path that I realized that I needed to take. And when I started doing van life, there was nothing on the market like the way I wanted it. Um, I'm just kind of like specific and particular about what I want. I want to be able to not feel like I'm slumming it. I want to feel like, you know, that I am doing something. Like living in a van, like there's trade-offs. There's, you know, room trade-offs. And there's trade-offs in like, you know, some types of comfort. But I didn't want to feel like I was giving up too much comfort. And um, I, I, I wanted to build a van that I would want to live in. And that's how the whole thing started. So if anyone is on the path of van life and you know, has realized that, hey, like, you know, the society thing, um, it's not as set in stone as you think it is, right? Like, electricity was invented 100 years ago. Um, like, like the internet was invented, like, what, like 30 years ago? And things have just shifted so much continuously. Like, a thousand years ago, we were, for, like, you know, like, farming, and, like, you know, we were serfs, and, like, we had castles and stuff. So, like, the rate of change has been exponential, and I think that... <laughs> Um, true human potential lies in doing what you love and loving what you do and not in like a cliche way but in a way where you're able to live to your fullest potential and just really like experience all the wonders and vibrancy and flavors that life has to offer so if you're thinking about breaking out of the norm and doing something a little bit abnormal I would fully support that and I would love to be able to help you on your journey because that's what we want to do at Pion Vans who wants to set people free? Nice. Well, I used to hashtag, and I still do sometimes, hashtag myself as the freedom catalyst. And the other way I see it, um, a more inspiring peephole to a culture that I would aspire to be a part of than the past one of twenty, late 2019, early 2020, would be of like how I imagine natives and like uh -huh. the early Europeans had lived in some ways and the way that they were on horseback exploring realizing home was where they were at that family is who they're with and that the time is now and uh they they were on horses mm -hmm. today we so happen to have these vehicles that are almost arguably better than a buggy uh -huh. <laughs> that are made of the power of hundreds of horses yeah and I I totally resonate with the van life. One of my earlier podcast guests, um, Raj Lahodi, who's the former CEO of DMV.org, which I, my, my understanding is the largest government organization not or website not owned by the government. And anywho, he was part of corporate America uh -huh. in the biggest ways, in the biggest of ways in a lot of ways. And just two days ago, he was like posting about how he's looking to get a van <laughs> and simplify. And man, what do you, I mean, I imagine a lot of people are having that itch right now. Yeah, like especially with COVID. Like, because <laughs> if you go downtown Chicago, it's a ghost town. There's no one there. Everyone in Chicago is 
boarded up in their house, almost like cages. They can't go out. They can't interact with people. And with technology right now, like I have a 4G booster. I have a hotspot in my van. I can go anywhere in the United States and get my shit done. I don't have to be bolted down to one place, pay property taxes, pay like 800 bucks of rent every single month. Pretend to own land. Pretend to own land, yeah. And like as human beings, we were designed to be seasonal. Back in the day, uh, a lot of hunter-gatherers, they would have like two, two home bases, one for summertime and one for wintertime. And they would travel with the seasons, like, you know, as the seasons went and, like, as the animals migrated, they would go to where all the food was. And I think a big passion of mine is reconnecting with nature, reconnecting with the roots of what it means to be a human being. What does it mean to be alive? Because we think we're so much better than these animals, than nature. We think humanity, we think mankind is separate from nature. But we're not. We are nature. Like, I came from this earth. You came from this earth. Everyone came from this earth. And we're all going to go back into this earth. Unless, like, you know, you go to Mars on, like, a spaceship. But <laughs> that's, a, that's a different story. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I think there's a, there's a big push in connecting with nature, finding out what it means to be alive. And I think van life provides that, provides the ability to be free, the ability to adventure. And, like, all these people, I met this one guy in uh, Chicago. His name was Andrew Sage. I uh, went to this festival called Relativity Fest. It's not a festival the way that you think it's a festival, not music festival, but it's a <laughs> it's a boring lawyer festival for a lawyer program application called Relativity, which is a uh, document handling application. Sounds really fun, I know. <laughs> but this guy, uh, he was the CEO of this company, and um, I this was during my van life journey where I was trying to figure out how to build a van. And in Chicago, in, uh, I forgot what the museum, it's the Museum of Science and Industry, there is this giant German U-boat that they somehow airlifted piece by piece and put into this massive basement floor. Like this thing is huge, like hundreds and hundreds of feet. And you walk inside this thing and I was like doing some CAD drawings at the time and you realize this is from like, what, like the 60s or the 40s? I'm not sure. Like I'm not good at history, but from a long, from a long time ago. And you see all the like different systems in place. They have like water systems. They have like alarm systems. They have like you know pressure systems. They have electric electric systems. They have all these different pipes. And you realize that if they made a mistake in all this piping, because it literally looks like a maze of piping inside, that like it, it, you don't have a three D model to look at. Like you had to plan all that stuff by hand. And I was just kind of blown away by it. And all the freaking lawyers that I were I was with. They were upstairs, like, socializing, like, well, I mean, I was upstairs, I ate, like, a whole bunch of food, because it was free food, so I just crushed, like, three plates of free food, and I'm like, all right, I'm out of here, I'm not talking to these boring lawyers, <laughs> and I explored the entire place, and I ended up in this U-boat, and I was just so mesmerized by it, and I was kind of walking around the exhibit, when I heard, like, this guy behind me, he's like, hey, man, like, he's like, he's like, what do you think about the, the museum? I'm like, I'm like, dude, like this place is so dope. And I start talking about all the things I just kind of talked about. It just kind of blew my mind because I was in the process of building this van now and thinking about all the systems that needed to go into place into this thing. And I started talking with a dude. Turns out he was the CEO of Relativity. He was the guy that, <laughs> that the entire festival was about. And we actually hung up, hung out all night. Uh, he invited me to the penthouse suite for like a party. That was pretty dope. Um, but anyways... So, people like him are into van life now, and like he runs like a multi 
multi-million dollar company and he wants L and he bought his own van. He, he got it from outside van, not from us because he was on a time crunch. But like the fact of the matter is like from him, like I met this, our first customer, Alejandro, who trades a high frequency stock and he races motorcycles on the weekend. Like that's fucking awesome. Like, yeah, hell yeah, man. Why can't you do both? And then also I, uh, recently today I had a conversation with this lady, uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but we might get a fleet of 20 vans to build out. But that's still like, you know, like, we'll see what happens. Well, I definitely imagine this uh, is putting you, because you, the freedom that you have and that you're not locked into the idea that your, ha- your home is a box that's on land, that's locked, but you home is where you're at. I'm imagining you're opening, your, opening yourself up to so many synchronicities. It's probably pretty fun. And refreshing compared to what you're used to, if I had to guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, my whole life has been pretty crazy, but the way to Colorado was, like, every time I looked at my map, it was, like, 11-11, we're 11 miles to exit 22. We're just, like, just weird, like, just stacks of just, like, number. I've never seen such a consolidation and concentration of synchronicities every time I looked at my uh, Android Auto. So that was definitely a good sign. Um, and it definitely has opened myself up to a lot more uh, of the the beauty in life because there's a flow to everything. There's an underlying flow to life, and a lot of people fight the flow. A lot of people decide that they want to decide what they want to do with their life. But life has a process, and life has a way of unfolding itself. And um, being untethered, uh, well, think about this. When you live in a house in like a box, like you said, you live maybe within like fifty miles, maybe maybe a hundred miles within that house. You have a radius. You go eat. You go hang out with your friends. But every time you go back to your house at the epicenter, when you break out that radius, you're on vacation. You're on vacation mode. You broke out the radius, right? Like, oh, maybe I'm gonna go to the East Coast. Maybe I'll go to Brazil. You break out the radius. But with your van, when you live in a van, everywhere you go is your radius. You don't have a radius anymore because you're just on the road. You're just free. <laughs> yeah, home is home is the road, and home is where I'm at. Yeah, I hear I hear all that. Um, right before this, I was on the call. You know, it was like a breaking normal tribal council, and one of the questions was um, the rosebud and thorn of someone's experience lately. Yeah. So I'm curious about the rosebud and thorn of choosing to live in a van since you have. And rose meaning, do you get what I'm saying? Rose meaning, so you like have the you sweetness, done this before? Sweetness and like the bitterness. Sweet and so sour. The, yeah, well, no? tech, in a way, okay. the rose is like what is just, it's obvious to celebrate. It's epic. Yeah. It's here. It's now. Yeah. Okay. The bud is like what's coming, like what you're most excited about. And the thorn is like, man, <clears throat> that hurt. Oh yeah! Like I got pricked. I got pricked I with my broken you. iPhone today, and I was like, "That was like sharper than a thorn." Yeah. So I want to say, oh, I'll start with the thorn, and then go into like the rose, and then the bud. I guess the thorn was the process. I came into this with accounting finance background. I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. I was, <laughs> I found my van online after like a month of searching, thirty thousand uh, bucks with sixteen thousand miles. Took a one-way flight to Florida, didn't book a hotel, didn't rent a car, just took an Uber straight from the airport to the dealership, and I bought my van on the spot. 
And <laughs> this was after, you know, doing some planning, of course. I was just going to blind, right? But uh, I had, like, a long drive back, and this was around, like, February. And Florida was super nice and, like, kind of hot. So I'm just like, you know, I don't have to pack too heavy yet. I'll be fine. Uh, on the way back, I remember I was pulling into Tennessee, and my van had absolutely nothing. And this was after, you know, having some adventures in Florida, like, uh, like, it just like weird shit just happened to me the whole time. Just like, you know, meeting weird people, like just like just super strange vibes. Uh one city I don't recommend is Daytona. I'm sorry if any of you are from Daytona, but that place was like <laughs> There's I've been I spent some time in Daytona Beach during spring break. I learned to surf there. Okay. I have a friend that lives by Wilbur by the sea. And yeah, Daytona is definitely polarizing and dynamic. There are some yeah. there are some beautiful aspects, but you've you've catch yourself in the wrong vibe that's not that's yeah. not the best one <laughs> yeah so that uh, interesting to say the least but on the way back i was in tennessee and uh i was so tired so i decided to pull over to like a pit stop i'm like all right i'm gonna go to sleep i had nothing in the back so there was just like freaking like grooves in the back just imagine these like big metal grooves that like since it wasn't flat it was just like things jutting out and I had to angle my spine to fit between like two of these grooves and then, like, overnight... You were like, sleeping in your empty van without a mattress? Yeah, no mattress. Like, okay. I couldn't bring a mattress <laughs> Dang, on the plane. What, what an initiation. Well, yeah. I mean, you could buy one, though. Yeah. <laughs> nah, just saying. Nah, you just, just buy a van for $30,000. <laughs> you can buy a mattress for fifty. Every dollar counts, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's not a bad idea, though. But at that time, I'm just like, all right, now I'm going to go through the shit. Like, I, and I accepted it. I'm just like, all right, this is the shit I'm going through. I'm going to go through it. So... Um, I remember, like, being in my van, like, a cold snap hit overnight. It was, like, below 32 degrees, and I was freezing my ass off. I had, like, a light little hoodie on. And, like, since there was no, like, vents inside the van, like, my breath <laughs> would just cake up. And, like, it just got super, super humid inside. I was also hungry, so there was that, too. And I was just sitting there lying in my empty, hollow, like, cold, like, bare metal floor with my spine in between, like, these two, like, metal cracks. And I'm just like, what the, what did I just do with myself? Like, what did I just do with my life? <laughs> did I just really buy a $30,000 van? Like, uh, like, I can't turn back. Like, I'm already halfway through. And I just had started having all these fucking doubts. I was just like, man, like, what did I just do? <laughs> like, what, like, is this real life? Like, what did I just do with myself? <laughs> and I couldn't go to sleep. And I was just tossing and turning all night. And I was just like, you know what, screw this, I'm just going to drive. And I picked myself up from my cold metal floor, hopped into the driver's seat, and started driving. And Chicago's super flat. Like, Chicago's flatland. There's nothing there. So even seeing, like, a foothill is, like, a momentous occasion in Chicago. <laughs> so I remember driving through Georgia, and, like, the sun was rising because I couldn't sleep all night. And there was, like, this waterfall, like, kind of falling off of the cliff. And some birds, like, flying around the waterfall. And like there's like these jagged rocks, and it was just so pretty. Like the sun hit the waterfall in the right place, where like it just glowed orange. And I've never seen like anything like that in the in Illinois. I'm just like, man, like this is why I'm doing van life. So that gave me the fire. I mean, like of course there was a lot of ups and downs, a lot of things that I thought was gonna happen that didn't happen, a lot of things that happened that I didn't think was gonna happen. Uh, um. <laughs> so that was a thorn. You. Laying... So that was a thorn. Yeah. In Tennessee or Georgia. 
Uh, Tennessee. But then you weren't. Or actually, no, I went up from Tennessee. I don't even. Yeah, yeah. I know a little about geography, but I can imagine. I also know a little bit about memory, which is, wow, fascinating subject, memory. (laughs) So that's your thorn. That's your thorn. Yeah, well, north of Georgia, like whatever it was, north of Tennessee, like whatever that state is. Sorry, guys. Do you know what states border Georgia? Maybe Kentucky? No. No? Um, Yeah. Alabama, (laughs) Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, I believe. Okay, yeah. So, uh, no, I am from, you know, kindergarten and college, I was in Georgia. So, okay. it's not to show you up. It's just yeah. that I know a little bit about Georgia. Definitely. One thing I know about Georgia is, you know, we're the peach state. Yeah. I got some peaches but, there. Yeah, peaches are better in Colorado and California and other places I've been. Yeah. And I was telling him about that today. But I think what we produce the most is chickens. Really? We just didn't want to be the chicken state. I thought, I, I smell like a. Bunch of cows on the way here. Like, literally smelled like... Here on the way to this house? No, not to this house, but crossing from Nebraska to Colorado, it literally smelled like a methane farm. Like, it was... Mm, the Great Plains. Like fertilizer, yeah. Interesting. Uh, oh, so what's the... What about the rose and the bud? So the rose is just, like, every day. Every day is a fucking rose. Every day, like, I don't think it can get better. It gets better. Every day is awesome. And I feel so lucky and grateful to be alive and to be experiencing this and to be creating my own reality because i know there's a lot of you know people out there um who are not so fortunate and i sympathize with that and i feel very lucky to be where i am but i also do think that like for example there are so many things you can learn about right like i could spend like a day like weeks learning about the different types of rocks in colorado and like in the you know, like ingenious rock, like whatever, blah blah blah, like how the rocks compose each other, how the mineral compounds, whatever. But like you live the life, you know, you are the output. Your life is the output of the inputs that you choose to receive. So if you choose inputs that make you feel bad, if you choose inputs that like make you feel angry, if you choose inputs like the news pumps out, you're not gonna have a happy reality. And I think as infinite beings, we have the ability to choose the reality that we want by focusing on the things that we do want. So I focus on the beauty in life. I focus on the adventure. I focus on all the dope-ass people that exist in this amazing state. So I'm super grateful for that. Thanks for that rose there. Smells good. What about the bud? (laughs) The bud, I think, uh, I don't know, man. Like, One thing I learned about life is that you think you know what's going on. You think you know what's going to happen. You have no fucking clue. You don't you don't know what's gonna happen. Might as well just enjoy the ride to the best you can. And then like let whatever's gonna unfold unfold. So my bud is whatever happens, happens. And I'm ready for it. Yeah, like I'm just meeting more cool people, making deeper connections with the cool people I've met. Uh go getting up on a high line. I definitely want to get up on a high line. That'd be awesome. Because uh, I've tried like twice and <laughs> No bueno. You get better at slacklining first. And then uh, getting into like deep into surfing and like uh, kite surfing. That'd be awesome. And then maybe one day, like if I make it, I'll buy like electric hydrofoil. Those things are like $12,000. So much money, but they look so awesome. $12,000 is so much money? For me right now, yeah, at this stage in life. Just I'm, money is funny, man. I don't know. I don't know what means what to who about what when it comes to money. Of some of the people that I know that have some of the most amount of money in their bank account seems the most scared about losing it all. Yeah. And then I'm like, $12,000 is not much to some people, and it's a lot to others. 
a lot. Well, to be honest with you, I could afford that like pretty easily right now because I have a lot of money tied into crypto and stocks. <laughs> but like at the same time, like I like to go through the struggle. Like I like the struggle. I like the gauntlet. Like bring it on. Let's see what happens. So I feel like if I take my money out and like just kind of cruise, that's kind of cheating myself. I think going through the shit makes you a better person and it makes you really appreciate what you have. Mm-hmm. So I want to earn that $12,000. I want to earn it like I earned my handpin. So you're telling me you're earning money on the um, cryptocurrency market, but that you're not counting that as you earning it. No, that's monopoly money. That's not real. <laughs> but it can be cashed out to real money, right? It can be, but like whatever. So you like to have that, like a, it almost seems like you like the like just like a casino creates an illusion for people to understand that money is made up. Yeah, that you like the cryptocurrency market for that. That's what I'm hearing a little bit. Like that you like to have this fantasy that it's just monopoly money, but it is real. But it's real money. Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of feels like getting a high score in a video game. It's like all right, like. But, like, that's also the thing, right? Because that's where greed comes in play. Like, I'm not just trying to, like, max out my funds and, like, say, you know, fuck everyone else. Like, I want to use my money to help people. But I'm not there yet. Like, I have enough money to be, like, super well off for one person. But if I want to start a community, if I want to start, like, a permaculture farm in Hawaii, it's not enough. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I definitely have seen what I would imagine is the archetype of someone that's maybe oriented towards the martyr, if that makes sense. Um, the like the warrior, the warrior and the martyr in between, and that's an interesting place. I imagine. Um, not no, not nothing against it. It sounds like to me you're craving an initiation, and I say this in the sense that. Um, I think when we first met, you were kind of like asking me for advice. I'm like, yeah, I guess in a way, even though I feel like a kid, Uh I do mentor kids. I mentor other kids, including my child and other adults that I just like to think as kids instead. And yeah, that initiation, I feel like that's a, a big topic for young men because I imagine a lot of young men are attracted to the lifestyle that you're, you're living. Yeah. And that, yeah, I just want to bring some attention to that the missing initiation in our the current culture that like believes the news. Yeah. So people are soft now. People <laughs> take the easy way out. You press a button on the app, you get some guy who gets paid minimum wage to drive over an Uber and deliver your fucking like Thai pet pad Thai to your like nice air conditioned house. And yeah, all that stuff is nice, but it's like man, like life is about triumphing over the odds life is about going into the shit coming out better than what you came in as it's about going through like you know processes and i've been through like a few myself and i definitely feel like when i go through initiations or i mean i can give you so many examples of things like i mean it's and it's not like real like all right oh like, it's like a ceremonial initiation but it's just like different periods of my life where things either fall apart or just weird things happen to me or I just have to deal with like other people's darkness or even sometimes my own darkness and like going through that and like figuring out my own path. I feel uh, like it's super necessary to kind of like ground you, make you feel like you've accomplished something. And I'm not saying that all of life should be a struggle, but there should be periods of struggle. There should be periods of rain so when the sun comes out, 
it's that much more beautiful. Yeah. Whenever someone chooses the, is their truth, I believe is going to be most likely true for them. And I do think in this collective, it seems like it's necessary to have people in that archetype of like going through the struggle coming out better because of it. And I also wonder about the path and have explored the path as if we're like, maybe it can just be really easy. Maybe all these outcomes that I'm looking for from that I think require a struggle, like just if it's inherent in the word work to make money. First of all, I don't know anyone that's making money. Have you ever seen anyone make money? Define make. like creating a currency. Uh, other than like ICOs, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, well, anyone that makes money. Yeah. And like people like born rich. I'm like, I wasn't born with any money. No one. I was born naked. And you'll die without any money. I was born naked, <laughs> and it flows. It's like putting my. If I went I, when I was a raw vegan. I uh, ate 30 bananas a day for an extended period of time. And getting 30 bananas a day takes some strategy. But that's also a struggle, isn't it? it but it, mean, it just takes a strategy. It means like getting enough bananas yeah. that are ripening that you can eat 30 of them a day. And maybe Forcing have two yourself. brothers. <laughs> they're doing a day. And that's how I think of money. I'm like, yeah, yeah well, if you want to accumulate money, you get in the way of it. Yeah. And there's infinite ways to get in the way of it. But I don't know anyone making money. Yeah, I I mean I I would agree with that. I think money is like energy. It's like what's your relationship with money is how you're going to manifest the money. <laughs> money is like a tool. It's it's like it's like a hammer. Like you can use it for good, you can use it for bad. I'd or, like to think in this moment that money is like a symbol, a culturally constructed symbol that's holding me accountable to make sure I'm giving value to my tribe members. So I think um yeah, like the idea about money is also interesting. It's like if you have a widget, say you have like goat cheese, and then you have some guy that makes like like leather hides. How many leather hides is equal to like one goat cheese, or how many how much yeah. goat cheese is equal to one leather hide? So you need the arbitrage, which is what money does. It allows you to exchange different types of services and goods for value, which you can use to buy like whatever you want. But I think there is a flaw in the market with the idea of money because it doesn't take into account, you know, social good, like, you know, helping out old people or, you know, helping, you know, like, just contribute to the community. Like, that stuff is not monetarily, monetarily, monetarily rewarded. But I think that uh, it should be. And I'm not. It is if you work at a nursing home. Yeah, I don't think I. Yeah, I don't, I don't have the solution. I'm just saying that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't know what I was going with that. <laughs> um, do you have any questions for me? Yeah. So, how do you feel about your journey so far and the synchronicities? And how about what's your rose, your thorn, and your bud? Yeah, okay. So, the rose is like right now, the rose is that. I interviewed my daughter yesterday and then I interviewed this other lady that was an epic, epic interview yesterday about like adoption and suicide and all kinds of crazy topics that most people wouldn't be willing to talk about so openly. Here I am interviewing you on the um, <laughs> driveway of where I live at this like mountaintop tribe house with just like epic people. Like well, I think one of my roommates is like sending a greenhouse to the moon through space Israel. And I have a guy from Israel yeah, filming buddy. this here that yeah, was working buddy. in the Mustang sanctuary that with maybe a telescope we could see from here that is now because of synchronicity is basically 
at one point he applied to come to a Rob Ross retreat or something. And now we're here living in the same space, teaming up, working together in an awesome way. Uh, my daughter's on the back deck with my roommates and her mother. And it's just so obvious. It's amazing to be alive. And what in the heavens is that antler doing right there? Did you put that? Who put that antler there? No, maybe that mountain lion you were talking no, about. Did, did none of y'all put that there? No, dude. <laughs> was that what Araya was barking about? Like, There's an antler of it looks like a, a buck uh, sitting on the edge of my dra- driveway, like the skull and antlers of one. That looks like it was placed there by a human being, but you're saying, oh, yeah, Jesus will cop. All right, in the meantime, I look over and Gene is now cleaning my podcast equipment from Kava. Is that Kava that you still on there? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That right. thing looks like there's a nozzle on it, but that nozzle is no bueno. Um, I don't know how much spilled on there, but it sounds like we're coming in clear. So that's like my rose. My rose is like what's happening. It's just blossoming before my eyes, and it smells real good. Nice. The bud is the uh, Tribe Vitamins product that I intend on releasing, and part of the reason why Elia is here is that we're creating a video blog series about a product that I am releasing called Tribe Vitamins, and the first product being be, uh, released before Christmas, and us following the strategy of an earlier podcast guest, my friend Dan- Ryan Daniel Moran. He recently published a book called 12 Months to a Million, and it's all about finding a niche market based on scratching your own niche of scratching your own itch and using Amazon and Shopify and social media and influencers to leverage that, to create a $1 million business in less than a year by releasing products in a tiered fashion. So I'm going to create a video blog around that. So that's the bud. And I have an idea for a product that is taking me into a place where I'm like, why is that deer antler there? Because it is a, <laughs> it's going to be just as like a little hint. It would probably be a product that would be very beneficial to, um, say, pregnant women or recovering vegans. And I'll say that for now. And if you want to follow the uh, journey, definitely check out International Tribe Design's YouTube channel and watch the Tribe Vitamins vlog series. That's the bud. The thorn is that today also. Um, what the cameraman there is carrying. I, I have a rock stack and um, I have several rock stacks in my room. And for some reason, one of them just fell on my phone today and it cracked my phone. Dude, what does and that then, mean? And then it got into like the, <laughs> what is that as mean? I alluded to earlier, it was like sharper than the thorn. So that's, I would say a thorn for me right now. What does that mean? Well, what does it mean? I have a question for you. What does it mean that on the back of an iPhone, that there is the symbol, well, I, I guess is the symbol of the fall of man. It's the bite of an apple. Wait, whoa, wait. <laughs> so what does that mean to you? I'm like, <laughs> so since the iPhone has a cracked screen, what does the, the actual logo of the iPhone mean to you? So, huh, that was a freaking out left field. That was good. I think that technology is going to help propel men, man to the next stage. But I feel like the point where we start merging with robots, start becoming cyborgs, start implanting chips in our brain is when we start selling our soul and we start like really like becoming like slaves to the system. Because like even think about this, right? Like Elon Musk, like freaking amazing guy, like such a super genius. Like I love everything that he does except for Neuralink. I don't know if you heard about Neuralink. Well, let's remember a future of having him here and seeing if he can... uh 
stay natural is smoking <laughs> smoking as much weed as I heard he did <laughs> on the Joe Rogan one. I'm just planting that seed as a side uh, future remembering. Manifested. Tell me about this. I heard about some chip in a pig's brain or something. Yeah, so this thing, uh, apparently it's like, I think, 60 times thinner than a human hair or 600 th- times thinner, thinner, thinner than a human hair. And they take like a big mass of this, almost like a spaghetti-like mass, and they implant it into your brain. And like your brain sen- sends out electrical signals all the time. So it reads that, uploads it to a computer, and it becomes a two-way street where you can like interact with the computer, but also interact with like your brain. And it freaks me out because also think about this. Look at the iPhone 1 versus the iPhone 12 just 12 years later. This is Neuralink 1. What's nearly 12 going to be like? Yeah, what do you think it might be like? What's the what's one of your, like, oh, fantasies of, like, ah, oh, it's not what I want to happen. People get so lost in the sauce, into their fantasy realities, that they don't make time to live for themselves. And they... Kind of like what might be happening with, like, some people would argue with the porn industry versus their own sexual, their personal sexual life. How do you get about this? Because I can get... <laughs> oh, I mean, I think that's a big topic. Like, so when I was pitching the Breaking Normal app, and I still am, yeah. the Breaking Normal app has demanded so much construction and energy. I'm just humbled, and I still feel like I'm supposed to steward it. But when I was pitching it, it was, oh, yeah, let me finish this beer. I'm going to finish a beer here, and then uh, he's going to pour some kava for us, which I, I also am interested in his interest in the supplement industry. Um, but long story short, <laughs> with the Breaking Normal app and all the construction that it has demanded, demanded. <laughs> this is me like forgetting. That's your talking. gauntlet, though. That's the for, shit you're going through, I, I right? I was forgetting I was talking about. But have you? I'm curious other, with other people that are listening. Yeah, but when other people are listening, one of the best ways when I, this has happened to me. This has okay. probably happened to me like once a month, where I'm like, oh, I was just about to say something and I forgot it. It seems like the best way for me to remember it is to stop trying to remember it. So I think that's part of it. There's also something you can do called dual endback. Uh, this is like a, it's a very um, academic type of thing. There's a thing called like the G, uh, I think it's called like the G uh, factor, which is basically how many things you can keep in your mind at the same time. And what the dual endback is, is it's an application slash program where you have a visual cue and an audio cue. So you have a grid of like, you know, nine boxes. And uh, the bo- like every second it flashes like one box and then it gives you like your letter. So it's like top right Q, bottom left B, like bo- uh, bottom right like F. And then like the dual impact idea is to progress in it. Like you get to remember more and more back. So if it's a two back, you get to remember like two positions back. If it's three back, you get to remember three positions back. And then, like, so on and so forth until you, like, you know, you get to, like, nine back or whatnot. And this is a phone application that you can train your brain to... Yeah. And this is that, is, what is it called? It's called dual end back. And, like, compared to some of the things like luminosity and whatnot, like, this stuff is way more hardcore, which is why people aren't into it as much. Have you read Tipping Points from Malcolm Gladwell or any book from him? I read Blink. Blink, is, I love that book. Yeah. I don't know if you do, but... You're, there's this. They have these different archetypes, like a maven, I believe it's called. Someone that's just like researching in depth about all the cutting edge products is probably also an early adopter. That's kind of how I remember it. It's also based on a book I remember reading called Cross, Crossing the Chasm. But you seem to be on the fringe of cutting edge products and technology that work 
and I that, that's one of the reasons that I like being connected with you. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that's also showed it's displayed in your van. Yeah. And so I'm curious, like any other uh, cutting edge products that you're feeling like you're getting the <laughs> most out, like the biggest life hacks where someone could look into like, yeah, this might be something that would really serve most people that are listening in a big way with without too much effort. There are so many things like, well, for example, like one really cool thing that like blew up because of TikTok, but I knew about this when it was like, there's like 10,000 people in the community is the idea of random knotting. And what, what is it called? A rando knotting. So you use, basically there's a quantum computer in Sydney, Australia that's connected to like a, a map generator. And uh, when you use like computers, it's not really random because it's like it's running code in the background and you're generating something randomly. Just like if I Google something and you Google something, we might get different results. No, so it's like if Are you, you have about that? so if you the like algorithms on the internet or if, something else. If you roll like a dice, like if you have an application that rolls like a dice, like a six six sided dice, right? It's not random. It's like the code inside the program dictates the probability and it generates based upon like how the code is run. So it's not truly random. The only thing that's truly random is the quantum field. So what this program does is it taps into the quantum field and it generates like a radius around your house uh, or your area. And when you go random knotting, what you do is you break out your probability tunnel. And what that means is when you go through life like day by day, like let's say I lived in Chicago for like five years, right? You usually go down like a few certain paths. Maybe you go to your friend's house. Maybe you go to like this place to eat. But you usually just go down like a few certain paths. When you random knot, you tap into, into this like uh, quantum field of probability. And they have these things called attractor points and void points. Attractor points are where like the most dots congregate because they put like a thousand random dots around like a radius around your house. And where the most dots are, that's, that's the attractor. And where the least amount of dots are, that's a void. And usually this leads you down like roads that you would never go down. And because you're breaking out the quantum field, you see like weird things. You see synchronicities happen like crazy. Is uh, there a program or an app? That yeah, Randall Knot. Randall Knot on the app store. And this will tell me, so this will give me a map to synchronicities you're saying? Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Like if you do this, not only are you going to go on an adventure, your intention's super powerful because we are all conscious computers. So like whatever intention that you have, uh, I forgot the term that they use for it, but it, it kind of flavors the reality that you generate. And then like... Uh, this makes me think like if someone looked at my travels, like if they followed my GPS yeah. lines for the last 11 years, they would probably be very aligned with my random nodding um, <laughs> maps. Well, the thing about random nod, it's like even more random than that. So it takes you down places that you would never go down. So like... Around my house, there have been like all these different roads that I've never been down my entire time living in Chicago. You use random knot one time, and it's like holy shit, this place exists. Like, that's a business. Like, that's that place looks like that. Like what? Like okay, I like that you are um, associating like the power of randomness because with the breaking normal app with the yeah. questions, which maybe we can play tonight, depending on everyone's flow. Allegedly, it's pretty random. The questions. But sometimes I, the questions they ask people with the group that's listening, I'm just like, I could have not chosen. Like, people yeah. definitely think this is programmed. 
So I believe that the most powerful algorithm on earth is potentially randomness. Yeah. And so I'm curious about what you're talking about. Any other ones? That's how evolution happens, through random selection. But anyways, uh, I think uh, Shilaji is pretty awesome. <laughs> it's known as sweat of the gods in Ayurvedic medicine. It's like the most holy, highly regarded medicine that you can take. What do you think Shilaji is? So from what I understand, Shilaji is 20 to 30 or to 40 years of compressed organic mountain matter deep in the Himalayas that bleed through rocks because they kind of like liquidify and seep through the cracks in the rocks. And then like these crazy ass mountain people just harvest it and they drink it <laughs> or they eat it. So you get over 200 like amino acids and nutrients and like, uh, uh, like amino, like, uh, I already said that, but over 200 like amino acids, minerals and stuff like that. Tell me more. You're, I see you're good. What's next? Uh, what's next? <laughs> yeah, what's next? <laughs> Ormus is pretty awesome, too. Ormus is pretty, like, a low-key if you're in low vibrational space, which is, like, most of them. What, what is Ormus? Ormus is uh, orbitally rearranged, like, molecular something or other. But basically the idea is uh, it's a very naturally occurring substance. A lot of the metals that we take day-to-day are missing an electron. So what Ormus does is it's extracted from seawater, and it's, like, the metals, but with the last electron filled. And when, with the last, last electron filled, uh, your body is able to make more use of that. So you have more vigor, you have more vitality. We actually took a little bit before this podcast. And uh, supposedly it connects you to the psychic realm. There's also a YouTube channel called Sapien Medicine and Dream Seeds that works with this concept called morphogenic fields. Because everything is mine, like matter is mine, right? So if you look at the seven hermetic principles and whatnot, like I'm not going to go too deep into that, but consciousness basically dictates your reality. Uh, these morphogenic fields uh, are created by this one guy that goes super deep into the trance. I don't know how he does it exactly, but the idea is if you look at nature, if you look at how things happen naturally, crystals happen in formations. They happen in clusters. Plants grow in clusters. Things happen all like at the same time around the same area. And when you tap into a morphogenic field, you're tapping into the energetic field of that type of vibration, of that type of uh, manifestation. So you can tap into things like luck. You can tap into things like even changing your hormones. I don't have scientific proof, but I do know that when I listen to the like testosterone or adrenaline, like morphic field, I feel different. So that's super powerful. There's some crazy ones that let you uh, tap into your like ancestral, uh, like ancestral knowledge. They have one that allows you to dissolve the ego. So where does someone look this up? YouTube.com. And what do they? What do they? What do they put into the YouTube search engine? <laughs> Sapien medicine and uh, dream seeds. Dream seeds is my favorite one. It's like the, it's like the less known one because everyone <sighs> wants to like. Like, click on the videos that's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, grow bigger boobs, blah, 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 like, just <laughs> shit like that. But, like, the dream I don't know if everyone's clicking on that. Well, but... I'm saying the mass, mass of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I get you. All right, what's next? So, you're, I like, I like this. How, how much time do we have? I'm looking at the creative constraint here. We're at 50. Cool. Tell me more. You have a, you have a gift here of different, like, 
rare breaking normal life hacks. Let's hear more. I want to I want to dissect them a little bit. Orgone and pyramids are pretty dope too. Yeah, I see a couple of them here. Yeah. Um, if somehow you're watching the video, which will probably be published on the Instagram or my YouTube, we got some. What do you call them? Orgone pyramids. Tell me about them. So it was discovered by this guy William Reich, and you know that it's real because the FBI raided all his shit, burned all his books, and just told everyone that he was a fraud. But basically, you uh, stack up organic and inorganic matter in like a pattern, and it creates like this resonance, this magnetic, this field that kind of like feeds through it. And it's supposed to like, uh, if you look at stagnant places, there's not there's not a lot of orgone. But when you look at places that are very lively, like Hawaii, there's a lot of orgone. Orgone meaning this particular pattern stacking of organic and non-organic material? No, orgone is like the energy created from the stacking of this pattern. Okay. Because of like the like the chemical and like the alchemical and the uh, physical slash metaphysical like you know results of stacking these materials together. Um, and we got some cool video footage of it. So I mean, they're yeah. they're beautiful just looking at them. I mean, I'm a big believer in looking at beautiful things. Yeah. This is obviously a beautiful artistic creation that had a lot of intention going into it, and it looks quite special. So I like to hear, I like to hear the placebo projected upon yeah. whoever created it. It as might well. be fake too. Like who knows? Well, what's fake? Yeah, who really knows? Like, but the, <sighs> but that's why I like hey, come up here, right? Araya's track. Hey, get get get. Hold on, we're we're definitely on the mountaintop. Um, how would you describe where we're at? <laughs> I just like uh, it's we're around sunset. There's a full moon that's about to rise, and my dog, who y'all know is a pit bull, she looks like she's tracking some sort of animal or something, which is very likely. Yeah, we are on top of this massive road. Literally at the end of the road, there's like a, the the normal road, and then it goes to like this kind of like unpaved road, exactly. and then like a freaking like dirt road with like grooves and like bumps and rocks jutting out everywhere. Okay, so check it out. The second, the, top of it. <laughs> the second business, I, I mean, I'm realizing the more I like meet people, the more I realize I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. The very first like business, well, I probably picked up leaves at one point. Then secondly, real business was me and my brother selling firewood. Third real business was uh, us creating Pure Vida Escape, which was an, uh, like an alternative spring break company in Costa Rica. And the, um, the, the shirt we we actually had like two or three hundred shirts ordered at one point. About a hundred of them or so got stolen when we were surfing once. <laughs> um, they had a it had a picture of the main path with all the people like with their head down. Now we could put them we could put masks on them and with their phones and like just like <laughs> the herds just heading towards this main highway of like dreary darkness concrete jungle don't be a herd <laughs> and then, be free think and for then there was a few other people that had a surfboard and it was like heading to paradise yeah and it was like pure vita escape i took the road less travel that made all the difference it was a quote from the jack frost poem i actually have a story about that if you want to hear yeah it. let's hear it because we got i'm, I'm crunching into the time now let's i, I love time i love time yeah. because it puts pressure on me it, it's the creative it is the container for the ingredients of life yeah and without a container, how can you create chemistry? It's the flow. Talking about hermetic principles. So, But tell me the story about uh, Jack Frost and the road less traveled. So one of the things that happened during my journey to build this van was I was in Austin, Texas. And we were deep in the desert. We were in some type of ranch. And we were going to do, like, me and my buddy went there to do an ayahuasca ceremony. 
and uh like people like the people that were attracted to this because it was super rustic it was like like i think it was like 500 bucks for like five days straight so it was like super intense super hardcore didn't really attract the highest vibe people and uh, i remember like going to the bathroom before the ceremony and looking at the mirror at the ceiling and there were just thousands of flies and bugs swarming around the sink like just above the area and then, like, it makes sense because after the ceremony happened, people went in there and they purged and all that dark energy went into the sink and, like, the bugs were there in antip- anticipation for the energy. So me and my friend were like, dude, the vibes here are too fucking weird. Like, let's get out of here. Like, <laughs> let's bounce. And, uh, like, it was a weird week because the full solar eclipse happened that week. Plus, the biggest hurricane that was going to hit Austin, Texas also happened that week during our ayahuasca ceremony plus like a few other like just isolated weird events like just i can't even describe it and we decided to hop out it's like you know one o'clock at night and we get like to the gate and we're like dude like you bring your phone no you bring your phone no we look back we're like no we're too far we're too far out (laughs) and we decide to like keep going and we go, meaning you left your cellular phone at the ayahuasca ceremony retreat center, and you were just gonna, you decided you were just like, no, I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it. No, it was just like we're just like, nah, it's too far back. We're not gonna walk back there. We're gonna keep going. <laughs> Y'all were walking. You were leaving the center by walking away. Yeah, because like we took six. So you're supposed to take like two shots of ayahuasca. Me and my friends <laughs> both take six shots. So we were freaking feeling it, you know, like. And we decide to, like, walk out and, uh, like, get away from all the weird vibes. And uh, we go deep into the desert. And when it gets, like, darker and darker and, like, it's more and more, like, sparse. Like, like every, all the trees and shrubbery and the cactuses all start blending together with the sand. And we're out in the middle of fucking nowhere. And for, like, literally, like, as far as the eye can see, because it was dark, there was no lights, nothing in the middle of the desert. And we decided to like post up a little bit, and uh, I was tripping so hard. My friend had a whole bunch of realizations. I couldn't understand what he was saying, <laughs> but I was supporting him. He's like, yeah, dude, yeah, like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like we both get up after like days. It's like, I think, I don't know because I don't have a watch, but it goes like 2 or 3 in the morning. And we're like, where are we right now, dude? He's like, I don't know. And we're like, dude, we need to get back to the camp. Like, a hurricane's coming in. It's one of the biggest hurricanes is coming in. And we, like, kind of look around. Couldn't really place where we were at. And my friend goes, like, all right, all right, man, close your eyes. I'm like, all right. And he's like, all right, just feel where the camp is. And it's funny because he's, like, a really, like, buff-looking, like, like, <laughs> like athletic dude. Like, he's, like, the last guy you expect this to happen, to, you know, to do something like this. But we both like close our eyes and we point like a direction. And then like we both open and we both were pointing the same direction. So like, alright, bet, like we're gonna start walking. And we walk and we get to like even like more and more sparse, like literally no idea where we are. We're, and we're like considering like should we just wait out here this night? Like should we just like wait till the morning? Like try to get someone off the road to like, you know, save her <laughs> save us after this hurricane? But we decided to keep walking, and uh, eventually we hit, like, this path, and we're like, yes, we're getting somewhere, like, civilization, a path, a dirt path, and we're walking down this path, like, 20 minutes, 40 minutes, 
and uh, eventually we hit like a fork where the path obviously continues, and then there's like a fork where it's like super super sparse, like grass everywhere, but you could tell that it's been stepped on like a few times, just a handful of times. And <laughs> like, I'm like, dude, where should we go? And like without like a without like a pause, he's just like, dude, like we both were like, dude, we got that one right there, and we both pointed to like the road not taken. And we decided, like, we started walking down that path, and uh, at this point, we were, like, just, like, we're thinking that we were out in the middle of the desert, and we would need to be saved. And, uh, like, after another, like, 30 minutes of walking, or, like, another hour of walking, we finally, like, uh, start seeing lights in the distance. We're like, oh, my God, we're getting somewhere, we're getting somewhere. And eventually, we hear, like, a boom, boom, boom in the background the fuck is it and it turns out like somehow in the middle of the desert we found our way back to the camp through the road not taken and as we got to the camp the sky turned from black to purple to orange within like a matter of 30 seconds literally as we were walking to the camp it was so fucking wild wow yeah so um, that was pretty cool well purple orange black orange is the new black i um i met one of the main actresses from that show and Kawhi. It was one of those moments. It was the same thing as the van moment. I was like, I walked into nice. this. Gr- I walked into this <laughs> very small. It's called Healthy Hut in Kilauea. If anyone's familiar, and I was like, I think that's the girl from Orange Is the New Black. And I was like in the midst of the show, and I'm like, I can't even remember her name. I can't even like, but I I know it's her. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta like engage. Sure enough, she comes out to me. Uh, oh, I may have. I forget what I was like. Are you? I'm like, yeah. And then she was like. You got with some weed on you. That's what she asked me. She's like, you smell like weed. Do you have some weed? And that ended up to be a very fun night. Nice. Um, so the orange is the new black. I want to talk about that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> on that story. And there is just like, oh gosh, that story. That story tripped me out. And so I, I like, I had so many recollections of my own. In yeah. a way, I remembered being in Canyonlands in um, Utah. Yeah. And one of my more in-depth uh, mushroom experiences, I would say, I decided nice. to do. Let's hear it. It was a fun guy, Sunset, again. And uh, we were looking at the Royal Arch, if anyone is watching this. It's like You can like watch the sunset through an arch that overlooking something that looks like the Grand Canyon. And we, so I was there, and I did that. And I watched the sunset, but then it got dark. And I realized I didn't know where I was at. And I started getting lost in the desert. And then there was all these light. There was a lightning storm coming. And I was borderline panicking. I was like, I don't know. I'm tripping out. And there's a lightning storm obviously approaching hardcore. And it's getting dark as shit real fast. (laughs) And... uh, Somehow, I think just something happened, and I stumbled onto something I recognized as a path and got out of there before dark and just watched one of the most amazing lightning shows I've ever seen and thought that I would maybe, I should maybe run as president and uh, use the Mormon population to, uh, to get the Mormons on mushrooms. <laughs> if, I could get, if I could create a movement where the Mormons started taking mushrooms, that they would be the tipping point for me becoming president. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was a trippy night. Yeah, that sounds like a I night, almost man. got lost sounds with like a, a bunch of cactus and lightning, and I was thinking of that story a lot. Nice. So thanks for bringing up. Um, yeah, thanks for having some fun with me. I think our intention of like having fun, going deep, sharing stories, talking story that might impact people in a very big way. I think it's happening. Do you have anything else to say? Uh, I mean, like, especially for someone that like is like my friend Raj, and I definitely encourage y'all. If you listen to this episode this far, you got to check out my uh, podcast with my friend Raj Lahodi. Um, because, for instance, you were talking about twelve thousand dollars being all that money. My friend Raj, we, which we talk about in the podcast, uh, he was called to gift me fifteen thousand dollars a month for quite a bit of period of time. Just for me to stay in my genius. So nice. that was one of those paradigm shifting things about money. So when I hear um, you talk about $12,000 being a lot, it reminded me of Raj. And I think that episode's epic. But Raj wants to buy a van. Sweet, so man. So what you got to say, Raj? Hook him up. And, uh, <laughs> dude, we got like a 4K flat screen in here. We got like a video game system attached to it. Got heating, uh, Arctic grade insulation, uh, two fans. So you don't even need AC. It's super cozy in here, even like the hottest day of Colorado summer. Uh, oven, stove, sink, toilet, freezer, fridge, shower, uh, like full, like, you know, full mirror. We got like charging ports everywhere. Like this van is unlike anything you've seen. And I promise you that like if you take a look at this thing, you'll be like, oh my God, like this is the future. Like this is, this is possible. Living in a van is possible. And not sacrificing my quality of life is possible. Yeah, it's almost like um, Ikea meets Best Buy meets, um, <laughs> there was one other one, Ikea meets Best Buy meets Apple meets the converted van lifestyle. That's that's just like if I was going to be trying to give a quick judgment that the collective yeah. would understand. Do you like that judgment? I do like that judgment. Man. All right, so pionvans.com. And then we're going to create, we'll figure out something. If someone gets a van from you, we're going to give them something special yeah, for Breaking will. Normal. We will. We'll right, hook I'll, you up. Like, yeah. Well, we'll figure it out. I'll, <laughs> I might put in the intro, the outro, but definitely tell them. If, if you got a van from my friend Gene here, which I, if you're into it and you got the means, I'd recommend it. I mean, I mean, I've seen a lot of different homes. I'm talking about from castles to mansions to retreat centers to... RVs, and I've, I've driven, my brother my brother and I, I drove a, a Bambi um, Airstream across the country, and my brother drove a Mercedes Sprinter van across the country for a promotional event at one point. We talked about what the Rob Ross was actually for Little Debbie. It was one of the reasons I became a Rob Ra, because when I learned about the snack food industry, that became real. Yeah, that's real convicting. gross, man. Real convicting. I was it's like, oh, whoa, 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 we got to do something. Not only do we got to get out of this industry, we got to do something about this. So that's when we went raw vegan after that. Um, but yeah, I've seen, I've seen a lot of these different mobile vehicles and big, and big, I mean, we're at a big home right now on a mountaintop that I love. And I think having one of these is a great freaking option, especially if you live somewhere like Colorado, because I, Colorado is to California. Like California has beach towns as Colorado has mountain towns. There are so many beautiful flavors of Colorado. There are so many beautiful flavors of California, and those are two states. That's 125th of the country if you count it by states. 
and they have wheels, have the do you know they have two hundred or whatever horsepower? How much horsepower is this vehicle? <laughs> do you know? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I want to say six hundred, but probably not. No, probably know. not. Probably yeah. Not. <laughs> <laughs> but let's guess. Let's guess. Let's guess. Two hundred twenty-two horses. Yeah. With this vehicle. Two, two, two. That it's an amazing time. It's an amazing time to be alive, and I am looking to experience this existence in the best way possible. And I can see having one of these vans could very well be a part of that. Um, and you named plenty of other life hacks. I don't know if you have any other list off if you want to like ramble off like 10 or 11 in 10 <laughs> seconds. But, I mean, uh, psychic meditation, like chakras are real, maybe not in the way that people think they are, but there are definitely energy meridians inside the body. Learning how to clear those learning how to create your own reality, control your consciousness, learning how much power the mind has, because placebo, you are the placebo. The placebo effect is real, and the reason why it's real is because your consciousness is the catalyst, or it's the, uh, it's the driver of how your reality unfolds. So create a beautiful life for yourself, and focus on the beauty in life. Well, for the sake of synchronicity and as almost hitting the creative constraint here, I see you have the jo Dr. Joe Dispenza book, Becoming Supernatural. I I've listened to that one and um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself and uh, You Are the Placebo. And I recently got pitched. Let me, I don't know if I told you this. Did I tell you this? Nope. I recently got pitched to um, be on the Business Insider article that's about to come out oh. based on when someone listens to this. Okay. Allegedly, it's going to have top – like. 20 mindful leaders to get you through 2020 and Joe Dispenza is going to be on the front cover. Nice. And I had, I had a pitch where I, I was chosen to be invited to be one of those 20 people, but it would cost $1,500 speaking of money um, to be featured in that. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to tell people what I decided because I don't know if that article is coming out, but I found that very interesting to be invited business insider to get the insider intel, they're like, oh, you mean like these articles and stuff, like media? You mean like people that are featured to be the best doctor in the world or one of the best 20 doctors or whatever it might be or the best 20 entrepreneurs, the best 20 mindful mentors, they might be paying for that? That might be good for people to realize. And based on my last interview with my friend Sarah, like transparency, that's a bit, a bit part of the Breaking Normal podcast. And I think unlocking the key to synchronicity is living life out loud and being transparent and not putting so much energy into hiding things and uh, more reporting your experiences accurately to other people so they can learn. I thank you for that. I think you're doing that. I thank you for that. I mean, for me, like, Kind of a social media ghost, so I don't have much of a social media thing going on. But I feel like with the path I'm going on in life, I feel it's a necessary necessity. Maybe connect with some of you cool people. Who knows? But yeah. And if you do, pionvans.com, P-Y-O-N vans.com. Raj, let me know if you get one. If you're hey. if you're the avatar of Raj, Pion Vans, name baby. Someone else. Tell them. Tell them breaking them all since you see what they hook you up with. Yeah. And uh, thank you, Gene. Thank you. Have you listened or read or heard about Gene Keys? Gene Keys? Yeah. No. That's a whole nother, a whole nother vortex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me know what you think when I see you next. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do some research. I got some reading to do. All right. Keep breaking normal, y'all. Peace. Thank you.